walking in the light. Walking in the light. Ephesians chapter 5 and verses 8 through to 10. Now, in Bible times, uh, they had what you call lamps. You know, we, we today have torches. We've got battery-operated torches, solar-operated torches. Uh, in Bible times, they had lamps. And God, you know what, through the text, through the Bible, uh, God used people that had these lamps. And Gideon and his army, you know, there's a story about this man. He begins to go into the army to battle. And they begin to, God begins to move upon his heart, saying, hey, you got too many men. And they're going to fight the battle, and they're going to be saying, oh, it's done with our strength. And so Gideon and his army, he begins to remove some of the men, but then he begins to give him some uh, options of what they need to do to bring out the victory. And he says they had a lamp, and they begin to break the lamp. They begin to shine the, the light from this lamp and brought victory. Jesus told a parable about the ten virgins. There were five that were unwise and there were five that were wise and they had lamps and they, you know the story yeah, they had the oil in the lamp and so lamps in the bible played a significant role it was a, a significant role especially in psalms chapter 119 this is important that you understand this david writes in psalms 119 verse 105 and he says these words your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path you know, I love the word of God. I love this verse particularly because he says, your word is a lamp unto my feet. He's saying, in other words, you're able, your word is able to show me exactly where I am. That the light is able to show me where I am right here and right now. Because, you know, when we think about this concept, the lamp is the light unto my feet. We, we see like, you know what, God... We, we pray many times, God, why don't you show me down the road? I want, can, you, can you just shine the light further down the road? Show me who am I going to marry? Show me who, which job am I going to you know, get involved in? Show, show me uh, the, the future, Lord Jesus. And you know, we, we, we turn the, the, the lamp of God's word into a genie. Oh, yes, Lord God, I've got three wishes, Lord Jesus. Can you, can you show me further down the track? <laughs> But the word of God is saying, he's a lamp unto our feet. God is saying, hey, hey I'm, a, I'm a lamp. I'm, I'm showing you where you are. In other words, God doesn't reveal your destination. He reveals the, he reveals the direction. It's, it's like, oh, God, you, you're showing me. Show. It's like God's like, no, no, I don't want to reveal destination, the, the purpose. I'm revealing the direction. I'm showing you where you really are and what direction you're going. A light unto my path. God's showing you, saying, hey, I'm going to show you which kind of path you're on. I'm going to show you which direction that you're going in tonight. And tonight, there's a, a verse of scripture Jesus actually says. He says in Matthew chapter 7, verse 13, he says, Enter by the narrow gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate, and watch this, difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. And so the Word of God wants to show us, are we on the narrow path? Are we on the broad path? And, and we, if we be real tonight, you know, that's what God's Word does. It shows us who we are. It's like, man, God shows us, hey, bro, sis, you're actually on the broad path. Brother, you're actually on the wrong path. You, God's showing you right there the direction that you're heading and it shows you the destination at the end of that. And so God won't show you the, the destination at first, but He reveals to you 
your direction. He shows you your path. He shows you your feet. And in our text is what I want to preach on tonight, walking in the light. Ephesians chapter 5 verses 8. And it says this, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. And he's urging the church and he says, Walk as children of light. Verse 9, For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And you have your a hand upon that, uh, that chapter there, Ephesians chapter 5, because we're going to go through this particular chapter. But number one, let's consider walking in darkness for a second. You know, Paul writes to the believers who had been converted to Christ. He writes uh, to those who were once in darkness and now they've been in, uh, you know, converted to Jesus. But he's writing to them because they were involved with this idolatry, paganism uh, lifestyle. And you might think, you know, okay, what is paganism? Well, according to uh, Merriam-Webster, the term pagan comes from the Latin word paganus, paganus, which was used at the end of the Roman Empire to identify those who practice a religion other than Christianity. And so Paul is writing to those who once had this paganistic lifestyle and he's saying, listen, you got to walk uh, not according to your old lifestyle in the darkness. You got to walk as children of light. And he's describing uh, this pagan lifestyle, and, and I'm going to break it down in just these three words. But if you go back to verse 3, if you just scroll back your finger up across, back to verse 3, this is what Paul is writing. And he's saying, but fornication, this is their perversity, but fornication and uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be even named among you as is fitting for saints. So he's talking to him saying, listen, there's a new way to be living. There's a path that you should be walking, but you should not, let, let not even be named among you that you're involved with fornication, that it's unclean or you're someone that's so covetous. And I'm going to break it down. So number one, fornication. The word fornication is translated pornea. The English word pornography comes from this Greek word pornea. The essential meaning of porneia is sexual perversion or illicit sexual intercourse. In Greek literature, around the same time uh, as the New Testament, porneia was used to refer to fornication. This was uh, with regards to prostitution, incest, idolatry. And it was used 25 times in the New Testament. And Paul is writing and he says, man, God intended for sex to be in the bounds of marriage. That God created sex for marriage, but the pagans perverted God's ideal for sexual relations. And Paul is describing and saying, listen, let's not get caught up like the world. That whatever they're doing, Christians should not be acting like the world. Can you say amen? That there's got to be a difference when it comes to Christianity. There's got to be a difference when it comes to being a disciple. And Paul is describing that the light and darkness, he's urging the early church to set the example that they were once in darkness but now they walk to a new standard that this old lifestyle involved as this illicit sex outside of marriage and Paul is saying let it not be named among you he's saying there's got to be a distinct separation from the church and the world amen light and darkness cannot mix and he's urging the church and you and I tonight, we ought to walk as children of light. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18, flee sexual immorality. 
Every sin that a man does is outside the body, but he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. You see, the Bible is filled, and I'm, you know, I don't want to bore you tonight because we know, yeah, right, wrong, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but really, it's a reminder that, you know what, the church needs to understand this. That the church should not uh, have this, uh, uh, you know, this wishy-washy, you know what. No, it needs to know the truth. It needs to know the Word of God so we stand on it. So we know when we're discipling people and when we're, uh, you know, raising up men and young women to let them know, listen, the Bible teaches us that we ought to be different. Matthew chapter 5 verse 28, Jesus says these words, I say to you that whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. And so Jesus now raises the bar. When you think that, oh yeah, man, this is tough. Jesus goes, hey, if you were so look with it, you know, with a lustful thought, you've committed the deed already. I'm like, man, Jesus, you, we're, we're all guilty. <laughs> we're, 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 man, Jesus might as well just uh, lock us up, throw the key away, man. We're guilty. <laughs> and so Paul is writing this to a church who's been delivered from this paganistic lifestyle and says, listen, walk as children of light. Paul writes a plea for purity. You find this in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. One, And he writes and he says, finally, brethren, we urge and exhort in the Lord Jesus that you should abound more and more just as you received from us how you ought to walk and to please God. Amen. For you know what the commandments we gave you through the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you should abstain from sexual immorality, that each of you should know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor. Verse 5, not in the passion of lust, like the Gentiles who do not know God. Amen. So here it is. God is through His Word is saying, listen, we, we should not be like the Gentiles who don't know God. We, we know the commandments. We, we know this is the will of God to be holy, but we must be considerate. We must understand the Word of God that teaches us. We must walk as children of light. Colossians 3 verse 5 says this, Therefore put to death your members, which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. You see, all these things that were just mentioned, it is an idol to people. That The scripture tells us all of these are idolatry, and God is saying, you shall not have any idols. You shall not worship any other God. But yet people have now put fornication, uncleanness, passion, all these things. They're living for these things. And it's become idolatry. And the second word, so we've got fornication. The second word that Paul describes the paganistic lifestyle is uncleanness. The word right there in Greek is akatha. And it's a definition is this, uncleanness is impure motives, both in the physical and moral sense. That in the moral sense, the impurity of lustful, luxurious, and watch this, profligate living. I was like, man, what is profligate? <laughs> I, didn't, I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't graduate, you know, with good marks, so please forgive me. I'm a preacher of the gospel. I didn't go to school. <laughs> but I was like, man, profligate, well, that's a nice word. So I looked it up. <laughs> so profligate means recklessly extravagant or wasteful in the use of resources. That's, that's powerful. It's, it's recklessly extravagant, wasteful in the use, it, uncleanness. That God's, here it is, you know what, they decide to live 
no common sense now. They, they live just the way they want to live. And the word uncleanness is found over 10 times in the New Testament. And I was looking through studying this word. I'm like, man, I'll, I'll just give you one of them. First Thessalonians 4 verse 7. For God did not call us to uncleanness, but in holiness. That our lives should not be lived recklessly. That we live our lives, you know, with no care. I, I just do whatever I want to do. I mean, that's, that's what the world lives. That's what the world does. But amen, not in kingdom culture. Not, not disciples, not Christians, uh, where we're called to live as children of light. We're not supposed to be living in darkness. But I thank God for the word of God that is able to now, that is a lamp to our feet, that shines upon us and be like, hey, man, I'm, whew, man, I should not be doing what I'm doing. And it shows us clearly, whoa, man, the path I'm on is not on the good path. The path I'm out on is actually on the broad path. And so God is calling the church. God is raising up disciples. God is raising a generation that we must understand the truth and the truth shall set us free. So let's consider the third word, which is covetousness. Now the Greek word is pleonexia. And again, studying this word and uh, this William Barclay, who's a Bible commentator, he describes this word covetousness and he says this, it's an accursed love of having, a cursed love of having, which will pursue its own interests with complete disregard for the rights of others. And even for the considerations of common humanity, he labels it as an aggressive vice that operates in three spheres of life. Number one, in the material sphere, involves grasping at money and goods, regardless of honor and honesty. That he's just, you know what, just as in Timothy say, you know what, he's the love of money. You know, he's, he's, he's all kind, the root of evil. Amen. Hallelujah. And so here it is, is just someone just, you know what, I'm, I just want to get more money. I just want to get more money. So that's the first material sphere. The second one in the, in the ethical sphere, sphere, the ambition which tramples on others to gain something which is not properly meant for it. Somebody that just disregards people. You know what? I, I don't care. I'm just going to get what I want. They covetous. They are just get what, a, you know, if it belongs to you, even if it's your wife, if it's your husband, it's covetousness. You know, the Bible talks about this in the Ten Commandments. Thou shall not covet. And yet here we are, we live in a world where now it's even come through the church and the church world has become covetousness for what the world wants. Thirdly, in the moral sphere, it is the unbridled lust which takes its pleasure where it has no right to take. And then in our text, we find that Paul mentions this other perversions in our text. He says, neither filthiness, this is in verse 4, nor foolish talking, nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know that no fornicator, unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. What a sobering thought right there a sobering truth should i say not a thought it's a truth that no one person who is involved in fornication who is unclean who lives recklessly no covetousness you know he won't enter the kingdom of heaven and it says in verse 6 let no one deceive you with empty words for because these things the wrath of god comes upon the sons of disobedience verse 7 he closes his story his case it says don't be partakers with them. 
that we ought to be people that say, you know what, hey, listen, if you're going to be walking on that path, I'm not with you. I love you, but I'm walking upon this narrow path. So let's talk about, secondly, the Christian walks in the light. Christian walks in the light. Let me give you a revelation. Not every person who calls themselves a Christian is a Christian. Not every book in the Kurong Christian bookstore is Christian. Amen. You come across people, oh, I'm Christian. But you see, you know what, you, you match their life and according to the word of God and you see all these things at work. They fornicate. They, yeah, you know, man, they, they go out to the nightclubs. They hook up with Shikashi Kwancha. <laughs> they hook up with her and they, they, minute then they find another relationship and they hook up with, you know, so-and-so and say, oh, yeah, I, I, I'm a Christian. I'm a believer. I love Jesus. <laughs> what Jesus says, you know them by their fruit. You know them by their lifestyle, their character. That they're not walking according to the, the word of God. They're according to the world. Amen. Romans 12 verse 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good, acceptable and perfect will of God. Amen. We don't walk according to the world. Can you say amen? We walk according to the word. The word of God. And so just as we went through these three words that describe the pagan lifestyle, Paul uses three other words for the believer. In verse 9, he says the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, truth. It's amazing how the Bible gives us truth. Number one, goodness. It means uh, one's goodwill or more literally this good spirit. This is what's translating from the original text. It means one who has a good spirit towards another. That he's walking in as children of light and he's, you know what, he's kind-hearted towards other people. And he's now, you know what, he, he's not using his words to, you know what, kill people. He's not trying to tear them down. He's, he's got a good spirit. Talking about good character. Secondly, Paul uses the word righteousness. Amen. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21. For he made him, talking about Jesus, who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. You see, we, we're not good on our own self. We need Jesus Christ in our lives, that He becomes our righteousness. And then the third word He uses is truth. Truth which marks this harmonious relationship with the mind and with God's Word that we begin to do and live according to Romans 12 too. Oh, I'm not going to live according to the world. I'm going to, okay, yep, there's this truth that comes to my mind now gives me the ability to walk according to the word of God. I'm living a transformed life. I'm not living according to the world like what everyone else is living. And then Paul closes in verse 11. He says, have no fellowship with unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Brother, sister, can I encourage you tonight? Can I urge you tonight? Listen, the enemy is seeking to steal, kill, and destroy. And I'm telling you, he's coming up against the brothers and sisters. And I'm telling you, as I'm beginning to write this message, I felt so sternly in my heart that, you know what? Jesus is coming back. And he's looking for disciples, for men and women. He's coming back for his bride. But is he going to find his bride having a one-night stand? Is he, is he coming back and he finds you, you know what, in bed with someone else? 
And this is a call. This is a, a sobering reminder to bring the truth of God's word to say, God, shine it upon my life. Shine it upon, let, let us live, let us have this clear understanding that this is the doctrine of the word of God. That our, our life isn't just based on opinions of people. Our life isn't based upon, uh, you know what, tradition. It's based upon the word of God. And, and so God's word shines upon our life, on our path. And he says, oh, listen, you know what, it's, you're on the right path now. You, you should walk as children of light. And he says, you know what, don't, don't have fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. Don't get involved with, with the, the lust. Don't get involved with fornication. Don't, don't get involved with that. He's encouraging you. You know what? Don't be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. 2 Corinthians 6.14. He says, uh, For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? You see, there's a difference. It can't mix. But when you accept Christ in your life, hallelujah, as you begin to accept this wonderful saving grace of Jesus and it opened your eyes to now the darkness that you were once involved in, that now there's this renewed sense of gratitude, this renewed sense of joy. It's like, man, thank you, God, I was once chained. God, I thank you, Lord God, that my eyes are now open and I'm aware that I was once in darkness, but I'm now in the light. And Jesus now tells us as his body of Christ to you and I as disciples. Listen, Matthew 5, 14. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. So let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father in heaven. 1 Peter 2, 9, and I close. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you, may, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You see, we must forever be grateful that we can proclaim the wonderful goodness of God, the one who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Amen. Every head bowed and every eye closed. God loves you tonight and he wants to remind you what kind of lifestyle are you living? And you know what? God is, is, is trying to reach out to you and say, listen, it's time to grow. It's time, you know what? Uh, he's writing to some of the churches.